Welcome to the Florida Divorce Podcast, your source for the information you need to successfully get through your divorce and into the next exciting chapter of life. Now, here's your host, Attorney Scott Kalish. Hey everyone, this is Scott Kalish. I am a divorce and family lawyer in South Florida. Today I want to talk to you guys about, you know, divorce and children, and I specifically want to talk to you guys about like the five lesser known facts or aspects of this area of divorce law. Uh, before I get into it, I want to just let you guys know, give you guys a quick little update on my firm. We're actually up to three attorneys now, including myself. So we just added another attorney this past week. So right after the new year, we're super excited about it. Her name is Serena Collins. She has a ton of family law experience. So that's definitely going to allow us to keep taking on more cases. Um, our hope is to expand beyond what we are right now. Right now, we're primarily practicing on the east coast of Florida, I would say from Miami to Vero. But now with Serena, I think we'll be able to begin to take on cases on the west coast and uh, possibly even central Florida. So if you're there, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You know, adding another attorney definitely um, allows us to um, begin to scale and, and, and to begin to add cases throughout Florida. So enough about the firm. Let me kind of get to the uh, the material. So I want to talk to you guys today about divorce and children. And I want to talk to you guys about five aspects of this area of divorce law that people you know don't necessarily know. Sometimes people have like a misconception just based on word of mouth and, and just talking to people that may know something about divorce law in Florida, but but they might not know, you know, exactly what they're talking about, right? So there's a bonus, right? The bonus, you know, I know I said five, but the bonus is that we don't actually use the word child custody or the term child custody anymore. We use the terms time sharing and then parental responsibility when we're referring to what was known as custody, right? So just so you know, like if you're new to this area of the law, right? So we, you know, time sharing is the word that's used in court. And um, we also refer to parental responsibility when we're talking about like decision making and minor children, right? So let, let's get into it. So number one, so this is something that is a little bit controversial, right? I know the legislature in the past um, had, had attempted to change this, but the first one is that 50-50 time sharing, right? So 50-50 custody is technically not presumed, right? So it doesn't, you know, the legislature and, and the way that the law is right now in 2023 is that when, you, when you're going through a divorce and you have children or a paternity case, right? And, and there's obviously going to be a child involved in a paternity case. When you're determining what timesharing schedule is in the best interest of the child or children, 50, we don't automatically say, hey, it's going to be 50-50 unless, you know, otherwise shown, right? So 50-50 equal timesharing is technically not presumed. We as lawyers, as family lawyers and, and judges, right, you know, the family judges, we're supposed to take a look at what's in the best interest of the child or children and, and weigh the over a dozen factors, you know, that's included in the statute, right, when coming to that answer. So um, really quick, right, so again, just to summarize, 50-50 is not presumed. We don't automatically say, hey, 50-50 unless otherwise proven. Again, they were trying to change that law last year, you know, they were not successful, Ron DeSantis, our governor, he did not sign that that law or that bill into, into law. So, you know, we don't have that um, on the books yet. We, and that might change, but as of right now, we just don't have that. All right. So the second aspect of children and divorce law that's lesser known 
is that the you know mother or the wife is not automatically favored to have more time, right? So in the law, both parents start on an equal playing field, and you know neither parent has an upper hand, right? Both parents are obviously you know presumed to be good parents, and we start from there rather than hey you know historically mom or just because mom is a female. Just because mom is mom, we're not just going to automatically favor her to have more time with the child or children. Now, it may be that the facts, right, are that mom is the better parent, right? Mom is the closer parent. Mom, you know, has historically been there. And and there's a ton of reasons to give mom more time. I'm not saying that, that mom will not just get more time in general. You know, I'm just saying that just the fact that, that mom is a female, that doesn't automatically make it to where she's going to be entitled to more time with the child or children. The court's going to look at the facts rather than just presume a certain schedule is appropriate just based on, you know, gender, right? So that's something that is sort of a misconception. There's a myth out there that, you know, dads always get less time just because they're dads. You know, maybe there was a time right before my time as a lawyer that that was true. But in 2023, and for quite some time now, that is no longer the case. All right. So let's jump into the third one. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what a guardian ad litem is. And, and I want to first, you know, just, just so you guys know, a guardian ad litem is not automatically appointed in every case, right? So in other states, guardian ad litems uh, may be automatically, you know, um, appointed when there are children involved in, in a divorce, when there are minor children involved in a divorce. But here in Florida, guardian ad litems are not automatically appointed. So really quickly, what a guardian ad litem is, is, is basically a guardian ad litem it's a statutory sort of position, right, that the legislature came up with. And it's basically a person that can do a couple of different things, right? So they're, they're appointed by the judge and it's an independent person. Sometimes it's a lawyer, sometimes it's not. But it's basically a person that can come into the case and act as what's called next friend of the child, right? They can see what's going on and then recommend to the judge what time sharing is more is appropriate, right? Or, or they can come into the the case and investigate, you know, a certain claim, or maybe evaluate the situation, or maybe evaluate what one parent is saying, whether or not that it's accurate or not. Maybe one parent is saying that the other parent is extremely dangerous because of X, Y, and Z. You know, a guardian ad litem can be appointed by the judge, and they can come in and investigate and evaluate the situation and determine whether or not that claim is legitimate, right? So that's just a little bit about what a guardian ad litem can do. You know, I can do probably a whole podcast episode just on guardian ad litems. But just so you guys know, you know, sometimes that's a misconception. People think that, you know, when they start a divorce case and there's minor children involved, that a guardian ad litem is automatically going to be appointed. And that's just not the case. So they have to be appointed by the judge and and they're appointed when the court finds that it's in the best interest of the child. Now, Either parent can ask for the guardian ad litem, or if a situation is a certain way, a judge can just appoint the guardian ad litem sua sponte, they call it, right? So that's just on their own. The judge can just on their own determine that a guardian ad litem is appropriate and um, appoint one. All right, so let's get to number four. This is another, you know, sort of misconception, something that not many people know or, or, or a lot of people have a question about, right? So when we're talking about a time-sharing schedule, a lot of people want to know if there's like a certain age that a child could automatically just choose who they want to be with. And the answer is no. You know, up until the kids are 18, the judge is the last or the judge has the last call, right? So 
a child's preference on which parent they want to spend more time with is only a factor. And it's not weighed heavier than any other factor that's in our statute that basically are analyzed, right, by the judge to determine what's in the best interest of the child or children, right? So a child's preference is just one factor among many different factors, right? So depending upon the situation, a judge can consider that factor and and, and maybe now if the child is old enough, a child's preference can come into play. Now I want to read the statute to you so you can, you know, get a sense for what it says, right? It says the reasonable preference of the child if the court deems the child to be of sufficient intelligence, understanding, and experience to express a preference, right? So there, you know, the, the main thing I wanted to bring up for this, you know, just for this podcast episode is that the child's preference is just one factor among many. And a child doesn't necessarily get to choose and have the ultimate say um, at any age, right? So that's sort of a misconception. People think that, or sometimes they think, they come to me and ask me, well, at what age can the child just pick? And there's not really an age, right? There is no black and white answer to that. You know, the answer really is is never because a judge will always have the ultimate say. And the, a judge is pretty much going to, you know, still go through the factors, all of the factors, and make a ruling based on the best interest of the child. Now, it might be that in your situation, if your child is older, right, in their latter, you know, teenage years, that they have expressed a preference and there are other factors to go along with that preference and that one parent shouldn't get all of the time based upon, you know, the entire situation. I'm not saying that, that that's always going to be the case, but that could be the case, right? So a child's preference is just one factor among many that a court has to take into consideration when making a ruling on what's in the best interest of the child or children. All right. So that's the fourth, I believe. Yep. That was the fourth. And the fifth is also an interesting misconception, right? So a lot of people come to me and they think that if one parent is not paying uh, child support, that they can automatically deny the other parent time sharing, right? Time with the kids. And that's just not true. You know, it actually says the opposite in the law, right? In our law, in our statute, the legislature made um, a point to include that and say, hey, you know, even if one parent is not paying child support, that is not a reason by itself to deny the other parent time with the child or children. So even if one parent is not paying child support, they can still see the kids, right? So that's a big misconception that, that I get sometimes people think that, hey, that's part of the law and, and it's not. So there you go. There you have it. You know, five sort of misconceptions or five lesser known aspects of divorce and children, right? When children, you know, are involved in divorce, these are five aspects where people know less about or, or there's, you know, some myths out there about these areas. So if you guys like this podcast, if you've enjoyed it, if you've taken, if you've gotten something out of it, please give it a five-star review. If you guys have any questions, please um, let me know. You can email them to scott at kjlawfla.com. If you'd like to work with us, also email us, or you can call us at 561-208-1859. Again, 561-208-1859. Give us a call and you can speak with our intake specialist and, and we can determine whether or not we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us. But we'd love to, to work with you if we're a match. And, and yeah, thank you again for um, listening to the podcast. I really hope that you've gotten something out of it. So have a great day and uh, look forward to the next one. Take care.
Bye. Thanks for listening to the Florida Divorce Podcast. To learn the 10 secrets behind every successful divorce, visit floridadivorcepodcast.com. If you'd like Scott's help in your divorce case, go to kjlawfla.com. Thank you.